This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. With me today is uh, Brad Piron. He is mm-hmm. the missionary program director, program director right. at Damascus. Um, you know, Brad, uh, to build on that, you know, so one of my... Um, one of my things is mm-hmm. I think the downfall of Western civilization is youth culture. Yeah. So back in the, in the, in the United States, I think you might be able to de- date it to the 1920s, but certainly mm-hmm. you see it in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a sep. So use it used to be that youth were like raised mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. mainline culture. Yeah. But what we began was to almost have a separate culture for youth. You yeah, know, so that's right. they listened to their own music. Mm-hmm. They did their own little events. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were kind of segregated from adults, yeah, you know, yeah. and and so they they formed their own culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem is is um, more and more generation after generation, cohort mm-hmm. after cohort, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't as they approached adulthood abandon mm-hmm. that youth culture mm-hmm. and then go into the mainstream. They kind of held on to it, Con- yep. and so now with millennials. In particular, but I think even some Gen Xers is they still are primarily in yeah. the youth culture of their generation. Mm-hmm. So, and I really think that's the down, part of the downfall of Western civilization. Mm-hmm. But I, the I think the what what you just said really strikes me because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, the youth, you know, like bringing the gospel to the youth, the conversion, and you know, we see it all the time yeah. in Catholic youth summer camp. These youth who come to encounter Christ mm-hmm. through this experience, mm-hmm. and then they come back yeah. and bring it to their families, and their parents' lives mm-hmm. are really mm-hmm. impacted by it. Mm-hmm. Um, their brothers and sisters are impacted by it, perhaps even their grandparents and mm-hmm. you know others. But it's almost through um, this sort of proclaiming the gospel in a very mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. youth culture kind of sense, yes. Yes. we're actually going to be able to transform. And it's almost like the Lord has permitted mm-hmm. the existence of a youth culture mm-hmm. as an instrument by which he can re-evangelize our culture. That's right. And I think it's the reason that the ministry we're doing at Damascus, it doesn't merely work for middle schoolers, but it works for young adults as well. Why? Because I do think you're right. We're living in a persistent mode of adolescence. We really are. Like the the, pre- the predominant thought process of a young adult in the world today is how much can I get, not how much can I give. And Mm -hmm. what's the fundamental difference between adolescence and adulthood? Getting versus giving, at least if we boil it down to the simplest area. But I think uh, another thing that strikes me about what you were saying there, Father, is is you're exactly right. The experience matters. And I think sometimes at at the risk of um, I don't know, of like over-emotionalizing the faith. We've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. That, that experience is crucial. Look at the words of Jesus. When Jesus speaks in John 8, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But he doesn't mean no. He, he's not speaking to the, the head knowledge. He's actually using the word gnosko, which is an experiential knowledge. It's the same word if you translate it to the Hebrew that we use to say a man knew his wife. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a head knowledge. That's an experiential knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what's beautiful about that is like we're all as Christian people called to an experience of God. And I don't mean to say that that needs to happen every single day in the exact same way, but if it's an interpersonal relationship, like 
you and I wouldn't be in the same relationship if we didn't show up today and experience one mm-hmm. another. And that's so crucial in our walk of faith. Yeah, and you know, and that was the point I wanted to talk to you about. You know, so there is, you know, emotions, um, passions, feelings, um, enthusiasm. It's a part of the our human nature. Yes. And it also has to be a part of our relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it's also the importance of experience. I remember um this is so, sort of a confession I made. Sure, sure. So when I was in theology, mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. um, in my second part of seminary, getting you know working on theology, we had um, it's sort of an intro to fundamental theology, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, they were talking about the sources of theology, mm-hmm. you know, and and you can talk about this. But one of the things they brought up, and it's Aidan Nichols' books. I think I think the books explorations and theology. Yeah. Yep. But he mentions that one of the sources is experience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at that point in my life, mm-hmm. I kind of revolted against it. I was sure. kind of like, how, like, experience is very subjective. And how can that be, you know, a source for theology? But, you know, the more that I um, kind of grew closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. and especially, I think, in, in meeting um, Monsignor Jassani and the movement that kind of came mm-hmm. from his writings, the importance, really, of experience. Right. And I do think that that, um, we might say that that's an important point that yeah. the new evangelization is kind of proposing, is we have to have this experiential knowledge of the Lord. We have to have a, a personal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. encounter and experience with the Lord. Yeah. And also, our experience um, is key mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. understanding ourselves and understanding the Lord. Yeah. But... And and while it is subjective, that's not to say that it's relative, Good. because you know, like that's in, exactly in right. the and I find this all the time mm-hmm. in our in conversations on discipleship, mm-hmm. and that is that like when someone explains to me their experience, mm-hmm. I can verify that with my own and say, you know what, I had a similar experience. To exactly. That. Yeah. Um, and that I think is the importance of us sharing our experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it helps to verify each other's own experience of the Lord. Yeah, and, humans and his relate in reality. Exactly, humans relate on experience. Even outside the faith context, we relate on experience. And and it's amazing to me that that like in this season where we're trying to bring people back together, it might be experience that comes to the forefront. Because we can argue theological points all day, and mm-hmm. I love doing that. I really do. But when I come to this experience. You would have to deny my experience of the Lord, and that's really hard to do, especially mm-hmm. if you're like, you know what? I've actually had a similar experience. and like, yeah. So it gives us common language there. And I would say this, relationships in and of themselves are subjective because it's to the subject. My relationship with you is different than my relationship with my other friends, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's relative. It doesn't mean this is just any old thing. Mm-hmm. It's my relationship with Father Adam. It's mm-hmm. to the subject. I think because we're in a world that's taken subjectivism and thrown it into relativism, mm-hmm. we, we tend to think of the word subjective as bad. Mm-hmm. No, it just means to the subject, yeah. which by its nature has some uh, what, and, malleable and, you know, characteristics. And we do have objective... Sources of truth, you know, oh, like have to divine revelation, have to, and our experience yeah. should correspond has to. to that as well. Yes, you it know? has to, and it both both we verify yeah. the truths of the church yes. by our experience, mm-hmm. but also the truths of the church help us to 
make a judgment on our experience, whether it's yes. whether it's a healthy, a legitimate, you know, yes. an authentic experience. Yeah, and the Lord speaks not. to this too. It's it's yeah. logos and rhema. So so th- I'll, I'll make this quick, but there's two words in Scripture for the word word. There's logos. And there's Rama. And so in the beginning was the word, Logos. And the word, Logos, was with God. And the word was God. And that prologue to the gospel of John. But then we look at the temptation in the desert when the evil one is tempting Jesus to turn the rock into bread. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. That word he uses for word there is not Logos. It's Rama. And what's really cool is Jesus gives us this context that there's an eternal word of God a logos, an eternal logic, an eternal truth. And who is Jesus who Christ? Is, who is incarnate. Yes, yeah. exactly. Incarnate in Jesus Christ. And then there's this rhema, this here now interpersonal word of God that he's speaking to me in my personal prayer time that mm-hmm. we see in private revelation through Aquinas and Augustine and the great saints. And in my own prayer journal, mm-hmm. this rhema word. Now, now this is important. Logos and rhema, it's not a matter of one being more important than the other. It's just that every rhema word has to come into agreement with logos to be a true rhema word. Why? Because God can't contradict himself. Mm -hmm. Like He would no longer be God. So what God has spoken through tradition that we read in the catechism, that we read in the scriptures, that we read in in dogma, right, in in doctrine, and all Mm -hmm. this beautiful knowledge and wisdom and experience that comes from the church— I then look at what God's speaking to me and say, oh man, that makes so much sense in light of this what yeah. this part of Augustine's confessions or this part of whatever. And that's so exciting because then God is forever constant and the same, but always new. It's this mystery, this mm-hmm. great mystery that's in the person of Jesus and in the triune God that the logos absolutely matters, of course, because without it, there's no foundation. But without the rhema, there's no excitement and adventure and revelation. It, it, and again, all things have been revealed in Christ. But if you sit here and say, I know everything about Christ, you're just wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And so that rhema helps us understand Christ through our lens and our experience of it. The, um, I think to, to kind of apply this to your story too, sure. is um, so in high school, mm-hmm. you, um, had, you said that you had various experiences. Right. Um, that... But they weren't really to the level of conversion. Now, mm-hmm. I um, this is a somewhat controversial point, yeah, um, which which we love to bring up. But yeah. you know, like youth high school retreats, so many mm-hmm. of these, like Kairos and yeah, Surge. Sure, um, you went through that and you had an experience, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, you would not necessarily call it your conversion experience. But yet, you were somehow moved and impacted by yes. it. And I, I want, and a lot of people accuse those of being kind of mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. emotional, yeah. perhaps even to the point of, you know, like yeah, we yeah. don't feed these kids all day. Yeah. We just give them a bunch of junk food. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah. in the middle of the Sugar night, highs, we, turn the in the middle of the up. night, we break them down and make yeah. them go to confession yeah. or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. which I've always kind of, I've always been a little nervous about those because they do, it, 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 it almost it can, it can, can be, it can you know, yeah. but um but nonetheless, mm-hmm. I think there's an an experience, and a lot yeah. of people remember what yeah. happened yeah. during their Kairos yeah. or their search. And I think maybe it is part of it is not so much a coming to know Christ, but a coming to know themselves as seniors or juniors mm-hmm. in high school. You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship, and I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me has been Brad Pierron. Mm-hmm. He is the um, director of missionary yeah, yeah, that's program. Right. Missionary for... program director. Yeah, okay, that's right. 
Very good. At Damascus. I always mess up on titles. <laughs> they're they're long titles, too. <laughs> um, until next time, peace and all good. 